0: Welcome to Nonprofit Courage Lab, how to ask for more and raise major gifts. I'm Julie Ordonez, your major gifts fundraising coach, and I'm on a mission to help nonprofit leaders like you get the courage and strategy to ask for more. No one has changed the world without first changing themselves. If you wanna raise more money to change the world, you are in the right place. You ready? Let's go. So welcome. Today is going to be like much different than anything that I've ever taught. So I'm excited, but also a little nervous. So let's jump in. I'm Julie. I'm a major gift strategist. I have been raising major gifts in Los Angeles and really all over the world in Latin America, in the U.S., coast to coast for 14 years now. And um, I went from being fired from my first fundraising job to <laughs> Being a top 1% performer at United Way Greater Los Angeles on the major gifts team, I had an incredible mentor in Yuka Solomon, Woo-woo! and I had an amazing team. So I had mentorship, I had accountability, they paid for me to get trained. It definitely wasn't perfect, but it was where I cut my teeth and really learned how to ask for unrestricted Five and six figure gifts. I raised millions of dollars while I was there. I started my business in 2018, helping people with their major gift strategy and getting the courage to ask for more. The thing that stops us the most is our courage, not our strategy. Courage is more important than your strategy. And I would go so far as to say that the level of courage you have is your strategy. That's it. We don't have no time to do things we don't really want to be doing. You hear what I'm saying? So we're going to discover what your fundraising persona is. And there's usually three different buckets that we find ourselves in, in our fundraising journey. Some of you have been doing this for years and years, right? So you might have a different challenge than some of you who've done this for three years or less. and This is the the most common challenges that I see amongst fundraisers, and I've never taught this before, but this is like based on my experience, based on having hundreds of conversations with founders, executive directors, fundraisers. So you're going to identify which one is your fundraising persona. Are you ready? So first up, we got Stress Sammy. Some of y'all are Stress Sammy. You don't have time. You don't have time. You're doing everything. You you think your donors are maxed out. They're giving the most they can. You're concerned about the economy. You're concerned about the recession. You've asked people in the past, it didn't go so great. You're doing a lot on your own. You saw them giving USA report and you were like, uh, yeah, I know giving is down. No duh. Next one. Maybe you're newbie-nelly. You're like, how do I do this? okay great I got a meeting now what what do I say maybe you're not even afraid you're not afraid to ask for money you're like huh what fear I don't feel no fear you know why because you're new that's why you've been doing major gifts for less than three years you're like rearing and ready to go you just need the training you're like I need to get training I need some skills up in here yes great I see you and you're, and you want to know, like, tell me what to do. Tell me what to say. Tell me how to do this and I'll do it. Last one, Tim and Trinity. You're like, uh, do I have to fundraise? What I need to do is work on the pitch deck. Uh, actually I need to work on the, the board agreement or, you know, what I need to do is update the website. I need to focus on social media. Like you will find. Whatever it is you need to do that is not asking somebody for money. You're worried you're going to offend somebody. You're worried you're going to seem ungrateful for the money they already gave if you ask them for more. You're like, uh, well, 90K is already a lot of money. So why would I ask that person for more? Here's the ticker. Having a strategy feels manipulative. If you've ever thought that, you are timid trinity. My clients say this to me often. They're like, but is that a little manipulative? <laughs> I'm like, um, well, manipulation has to do with your intention. So if you're trying to scam your donors, then yes, that's manipulation. <laughs> if you actually believe in what you're doing, then no, it's not manipulation. If you're just out for their money, then yes, that can feel yucky. That doesn't feel great. But if you genuinely care about people and you know that them giving is a part of their contribution to the cause, then no, there's nothing manipulative about that, right? We all have different roles to play in each other's lives and you know that a donor's role is to give. Is this making sense? Hey. Are you determined to double or maybe even triple your individual giving this year and you'd love some guidance and support? I've got news for you. I have taught dozens of leaders how to raise more five-figure gifts in a month or less inside my program, Courage Lab. If you want to learn more, go to nonprofitcouragelab.com. That's nonprofitcouragelab.com and grab your spot today. Now is the perfect time to improve your fundraising skills and build your personal courage. I got you. Head over to nonprofitcouragelab.com. See you there. So here's an overview of each one, right? And you might discover more as we go, and that's fine. Each of these personas, there's a way to address where you're at. And It correlates to the three foundational pieces of fundraising success. So that has to do with your mindset, your skill set, and your character. And if you know me, if you come to any of my trainings in the past, you know I talk a lot about character. I wish that more people talked about this in the sector, but we don't. When I say character, I'm talking about humility, integrity and courage. Humility, integrity, and courage. And we're going to talk about what those things are and what the action steps to address each of these pillars are for you, okay? And if you're sitting here and you're like, can you just tell me how to upgrade my donors? Let me tell you something. You already know probably who you need to ask, and you probably already know that they could give more. And you don't do it because you chicken out. So I can tell you what the strategy is, right? But your mindset or your character is getting in the way of what you already know to do. So we are going to address that first, and then we're going to talk about what to do. And the reason that we focus so much on the strategy and the skills is because we get to avoid our character. We get to avoid looking in the mirror, but a lot of y'all are very skilled. That ain't your problem. So that's what we're addressing today your mindset, your character, and your skill set. So let's talk about it. If you were stressed, Sammy, what I want you to get in your mind is abundance is guaranteed. Abundance is guaranteed. There are people out here who are raising hundreds of millions of dollars in a year because they didn't quit and they were maybe stupid or bold enough (laughs) to ask people for a lot of money. If you keep going and you keep learning, abundance is guaranteed. And so in your mind, right, you're in a battle between abundance and scarcity. You're in a mindset of, well, this is what I know, and so it's what I'm gonna stick with versus stepping out of your comfort zone and growing right growth is change if your struggle is your skill set if you're newbie nelly then what you need to realize is that you have influence you have influence with your donors you have influence with your team you have influence with volunteers you can and will influence them and this one's uh, a little tough okay this one's a little tough but if you were Tim and Trinity you're making it about you okay? So what I need you to wrap your brain around is you don't need things to go your way. You don't need it to feel a certain way. You don't need it to hit the mark every time. You don't need to exceed your goal every time. You don't. You'll be all right. The fact that you feel that you need it, I need this to be successful, is a big barrier. I need people to approve of me I need to feel comfortable as I raise more money. These are all things that you want to go your way. So if you're stressed, Sammy, here are a few mantras, and I want you to either adopt these or make your own, okay? Here are your fundraising mantras if this is you. People are inherently generous. There are people waiting to be a part of what you're doing. Focus will set you free. So Part of why you're stressed is that you're doing all of the things, and you got to cut that out. Any time that you chicken out, any that you go back into your old way, you need to remind yourself of these things. John Gordon said that distraction is the enemy of greatness. For some of you, having the perfect pitch deck is a distraction. It's noise, or whatever you know the noise is. I need to make sure that we have this thing perfect before we go And No, you don't. No, you don't. It's noise. Somebody asked me today, they said, do you have pitch deck templates that you think are good that I could review? I'm like, no. Pitch deck template. Please name one conversation where you raise six or seven figures with an individual and the pitch deck was what brought it home. That's our comfort zone talking. That's our perfectionism talking. So stress, Sammy, this is for you. This is about your perspective. Donor participation is down. (laughs) I'm not saying you're wrong to be concerned. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying, oh, everything is rosy because these stats are real, right? So mega donors, anybody 50K over is down by 2%, which honestly, I would say that's flat. Like Year over year, down 2% is really not that down. Because if you were up 2%, wouldn't you say, oh, it's kind of flat year over year, whereas donors under $100 are down by 15%. So you can look at that and say like, oh, crap, right? There's, there's something really serious happening here. But I see this as like the photo. You're looking at a six and somebody else is looking at a nine and you're both right. I wouldn't call these people these names. I wouldn't call somebody a micro-donor. This is the language of the Fundraising Effectiveness Project. That's not my language. These stats are also true. This is what I also know. So this is the other side of the six is the nine. 90% of wealth is non-liquid. There is over $234 billion in holdings in U.S. DAFs, donor-advised funds, that's just sitting there. That's also true. 85% 85% of U.S. donors volunteer, which is awesome. That tells me that people are actually really engaged. Also, 4 to $10 billion of corporate matches go unclaimed every year. That's nuts. So what I'm saying is, yes, donor participation is down, and there is a lot more we can do that's simple that unlocks a ton of money. Number one, I would automate quarterly reminders to all of my donors. Hey, can you check if your company has a donor matching program? You can double your donation. You could even share this stat. Did you know that 4 to $10 billion goes unclaimed every year in corporate matches? You could share that with your donors. This is what I did. Automate a quarterly reminder and get people to do that. Okay, so that's what I would do. The next thing, I would create a heartfelt thank you for the donors who volunteer because those people are your loyalists. They're the people who are the fans. They're engaged. They're maybe coming to events. They're replying to emails. They're opening emails. They're clicking emails. They follow you on Instagram. They follow what you you guys are doing. Thank the pants off of those people. Like, take on the posture of, wow, they give and volunteer, and they totally don't have to. You're not entitled to their money just because you do great work. You're not entitled to it. So actually take on that posture of your heart authentically and send a creative heartfelt thank you. I would do it in this order also. Number three, I would ask for gifts of stock, and I would segment my list of donors to those who gave a DAF. Now, if you can't Come up with a report or segment your donors based on giving type, then go through and manually do it because it's going to be worth it. Because here's what I would do I would ask all the DAF donors to double their donations. Why? Because there's $234 billion sitting in DAF holdings. It doesn't matter to them if they issue that grant this year or next year, ask them for a multi-year commitment. Say, hey, you know what? You gave 20K last year. Would you consider doubling that and giving 40K from your DAF this year and commit to 40K for next year? Now that's 80K of a two-year commitment. And why the hell not? Because the data shows that people have a lot sitting in their DAF. And somebody else that that donor donates to is going to ask for it. It might as well be you first. Do not wait until September or October or November or December to ask somebody for this. Start asking now. Because what happens, right? We know this. If you're a stress Sammy, you know this. You get to the end of the year and they're like, oh, you know what? All of our charitable dollars are spoken for. You ever heard that? How do you think that people get out in front of having the money be spoken for? They ask earlier. You know what I do? I say, oh, that's awesome. I love how you guys plan ahead. So since we're here, let's talk about next year. Do you hear what I just said? Oh, since you plan ahead, then let's go ahead and talk about 2024. I've had people tell me that. And I'm like, oh, let's talk about next year and the year after. Cause it seems like you're really passionate about this work. Am I right? They'll be like, oh yeah, Nikki, I am really passionate. Or they'll tell you, nah. <laughs> what am I going to say? They're going to be like, yeah, I care. You see what I'm saying? It's not manipulation. It's you repeating back to them what they have told you. If you're listening, do you see the difference? Okay, great. So it's already spoken for for this year. Awesome. So then let's talk about next year. Then how do we get considered for 2024? Let's talk about that. Can we talk about that since we're already here meeting? And I know that your time is precious. And then they're like, Oh yeah. Well, you know. Okay, great. So let let's talk about how we can get considered. Is there anybody else who makes this decision with you? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how does this decision get made? When do you make these decisions? What time of year? This is going to raise you tens of thousands if you actually have the guts to ask people the questions that you are wondering in your head. Like, man, I wish that we could be considered for this. Ask them, how can we be considered? I see that you give through a DAF. Would you consider giving an additional 50K this year? Boomski, just go for it. Because again, remember, the stats don't lie all that money is just sitting there. The tax deduction has already taken place for the donor, and it's just waiting to be granted to the nonprofit who has the guts and the intentionality to ask for it. So if you're stressed, Sammy, that's what I would do. These three things alone are going to take a lot of stress off of you. Because with the, the automated reminder, right, even that tactic could bring additional money in that you're not physically going and collecting, or even asking for DAF money. It's, it's already been donated. You just need to collect it. Newbie Nelly, you're up. Who's Newbie Nelly? We love you, Newbie Nelly. So here are your mantras. Yes lives in the land of no. And what I mean by that is, if you continually ask, and if you ask for more, you're going to hear no more often but you'll get to the yes faster. And that's okay. No is usually like, you know what? We just can't give this year because our finances have changed. When people's finances change, it doesn't mean their heart has changed. When people give and they're like, oh, I wish I could give more. That's typical. Something that I want you to think about when you meet with donors and when you get on the phone, when you go on meetings, this is just a rep. Of a thousand. This is practice. This is just one rep. You got a long career ahead of you. This one rep, take the pressure off. You get to practice being an active listener. You get to practice asking powerful questions. You get to practice asking for $30,000. It's one rep. You're going to ask for so much money over the course of your career, aren't you? So this is just take the pressure off. Okay. It's all good. It's one rep. It doesn't have to be flawless. It doesn't have to be your best ever, every time. Perseverance matters more than quick wins because it's going to get tough if it isn't already. So your ability to persevere matters more than getting quick wins. Quick wins makes you feel like, oh, this is going to be easy. (laughs) Right? And for those of you who have been doing this a little longer, you're like, this shit ain't easy. So think about even when it doesn't go great and you're nervous or you're like, oh, I didn't do my best. Oh, I screwed up. Oh, I should have asked for this, right? Has that ever happened to you? You leave a meeting and you're like, oh, I forgot. It's okay. You're developing, you keep going. You're developing perseverance. That's gonna serve you over the long term. That's even better than quick wins. It's even better than that. So newbie Nelly, here's what you need to do. You need to get into accountability. You need a mentor. You need an accountability group. This is by the American Society of Training and Development. You're 65% more likely to reach a goal when you share it with someone else, even if it's just one person. Isn't that cool? This is how we're wired. It proves to me we are wired for community We are wired to be doing life with people. You're going to be tempted to go fast and go and do this all on your own. But take it from stress, Sammy, okay? You don't want to be doing that. You are 95% more likely to reach your goal when you share with a group and meet regularly to review the goal. 95% is a near guarantee. That's nuts. So if you're new to this, I want you to actually connect with people, know that you're not the only one who's asking for six and seven-figure gifts. You're not the only one upgrading your donors, and there is so much that's possible when you do that, right? So this is just an example of what's possible. So my program, Courage Lab, is a six-week group program, and the results are amazing. These are people who are brand new to major gifts fundraising and raise 63K in less than six weeks from individuals. It is possible for you, but you got to get around people who are also prioritizing growth because doing it alone, it ain't going to do it. I ain't going to cut it. So, Tim and Trinity here. You don't want to seem ungrateful. You don't want to offend people. You're concerned. I want you to remember. This is your mantra. Giving is a gift to the giver. It is a gift for them to know you. It is a gift for them to be involved in your organization. It's a gift. And they need to give maybe even more than you need their money. Maybe it doesn't feel like that all the time. It's true. There are so many people who are extremely successful and they are unfulfilled. Do you know people like that? very successful, unfulfilled. They went after success real hard. And so giving to your organization is a massive gift. It's not about you. It's not about how you are perceived, how you feel. The mission is more important than your comfort zone. If you're afraid of offending people, and so you don't ask, You are putting your comfort zone above the mission. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This concept is why I do what I do. It's why I believe that my role in the world is to help nonprofit leaders become courageous because it keeps me awake at night because there are communities Are continuing to suffer because we chicken out. I cannot stand it. It's why I believe that my greatest contribution is helping you develop your character and become more courageous. Yes, you will raise more money. Your whole life will be transformed. (laughs) Mission over comfort zone, growth over control. So some of you are like doing so many things because you're really good at them, right? I I relate to this. I'm like, well, I've been doing it myself. I can just do it myself. But you can have growth or you can have control. Which one do you want? So here's what I, I want you to do, Tim and Trinity. Remember that courage is a muscle, not a feeling. Do not wait to feel courageous. That's a lie. It ain't gonna happen. Stop waiting to feel courageous and pick up the phone, okay? Number two, delegate, ask for help, hire, advocate for an assistant. What is the support that you need? You know what that is. Stop avoiding meeting with people and actually do the work. Stop prioritizing busy work. Some of you don't have time to raise money because you wait to do it last. Do it first. And again, this is about fear, right? We never have time to do stuff that we're afraid to do. We don't really want to do man, I just never seem to have the time to jump out of an airplane. (laughs) Some of you need to get a training. You need to get a coach. You need to get a mentor. You need to get somebody. You know what to do. You just don't do it consistently. You know what to do. That isn't the problem. The problem is that you're not doing it. You need support to implement, to stay on track. Remember that accountability piece. 93% of donors said that they would be more likely to give again if they receive a personal thank you within 48 hours. That's from the donor-centered fundraising study. So at the top of the day, since you're going to do fundraising first, that's what I would do. This is a softball. At the top of the day, reach out with genuine gratitude. Like, think about this person. Get outside of yourself. Get outside of the the grind of your goals and your budget and all the things that you need to get done and the heat that's on you. And think about this person. Think about what you appreciate about this person if you know them, even if at all, even if it's an acquaintance. And send them a genuine, heartfelt thank you. And yes, it is going to raise you more money if you do that. And also, Do it because you want to be someone who practices gratitude. Do you want to be a grateful person? I'm going to go on a limb and say you do. So another softball for the timid trinity, flow. Flow float the idea. Hey, do you ever give gifts of stock to charity? I know you're really charitable. Do you ever do that? Just float it. You're not asking. You're not saying, uh, will you give? Just ask and see where it goes. Like, oh, no you know what, Reese, I've never done that, but that's interesting. You know what, I was talking to my CPA and they were telling me about that. That's awesome. Let me send you this article and check it out. Let me know what you think. It's the best way to give to charity, the best way. Fidelity Charitable, all of these huge DAF funds have all of these really great articles on educating people giving gifts of stock and just float the idea like think about it like that you can do this over email you could do it when you're meeting with somebody in person just ask them. the nonprofit sector is so full of games and guesswork and it is exhausting aren't you exhausted just straight up ask you don't need to do that you don't need to play no games anymore and then lastly I want you to identify who are these people who I know, based on what I can observe or what they've said, that they're mission aligned and they're, quote, your biggest fans. I've had people say this, like, oh, yeah, I know this person. Like, they donate, but it's not like huge amount, but they're one of our biggest fans. Do you know somebody like that? send a personal thank you to that person who's the biggest fan and just say, I feel like you are one of our biggest fans. You're a personal fan of mine. Like you are so supportive and encouraging. And I just want to say thank you for that. If you're a Tim and Trinity, that is a really great way to just start like conversations with some of these donors. What is like the next almost like baby step that you need to take. And here's how your brain works. If it's the bare minimum next step, okay, then you will actually do it. And then your brain will feel that sense of accomplishment and want to do more. And you will take on the next level action step. Is that making sense? And then give yourself an action step that you are gonna do today. And remember, it doesn't have to be huge, okay? It could be a baby action step. Whatever that is, if it, even if it's one email or one phone call, so grateful for you being here with me today. I hope this is helpful. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me, Julie Ordonez, your major gifts coach on Nonprofit Courage Lab and for investing in yourself today. Head to nonprofitcouragelab.com to connect follow and share if this has encouraged you please rate and review this podcast and remember nobody changed the world without first changing themselves until next time